JBFE Studios is the Jade Motel Football Experience. And now here's your host, Jake Botel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Football Experience. An absolute bloody pleasure, as always, to have your company on this episode. And we're only days away from real pro football. Can't wait. I can hear the sounds. I can see the sights in my head. So excited uh, to, to sit down and watch the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got to preview this thing as part of our NFL picks series. And who better to do that with than the great Oklahoma human himself, David Vaughn, and Minnesota Jack, the bearded one from down under. Yes. How are you, gents? Good. Very excited. This is going to be a, a ripper of a match. Good. Ready for some pro football, man. This is going to be exciting. It's been too long, and I'm so glad that we've, we've, we've finally got it back. Uh, we begin the slow countdown to the dark days of playoffs where Jake gets depressed because 18 teams yep. depart the picture. Uh, in case you haven't heard, David, I'm a, I'm a preseason man, not a postseason man. I'm at my highest uh, in, the, in the days of training camp and I'm at my lowest once we reach uh, Super Bowl week. Because um, <laughs> I'm just an absolute weirdo. Um, Makes total sense. Makes sense. 32 storylines are possible at the start of the year. You know, only two are possible by the time we reach Super Bowl. And I'm all about possibilities. Um, as we talked last episode. the journey, not the destination. Exactly. And as we talked about last episode, you know, at the start of the year, we can all talk ourselves into the 14 and two Joe Burrow Bengals Um, by Super Bowl (laughs) week. That's a lot harder to do. Um, Yeah. So so we're going to dive in for our first, this is our first, it's a mini picks show, but it is technically the first of our picks shows. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing one for the, for all the games to come on Sunday uh, and then Monday football as well. But let's get stuck into this one. I'll tee it up for you guys and then we'll, we'll jump to dissecting. So the first Thursday night football game, an absolute ripper to start our season. The Houston Texans travel to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, this will be Friday morning for Aussie listeners at 10.20 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. I assume that'll be sort of a, a 7.20, 8.20 p.m. game on the Thursday night for listeners in the US to look back at 2019 uh, there was two clashes between these sides Uh, week six at Arrowhead where the Chiefs burst out to a 17 to 3 lead at quarter time before the Texans outscored the home team 20 to nothing to take a 23 17 lead at the half and ultimately go on to win 31 to 24 Deshaun Watson completing 30 of 42 for 280 with a touchdown and two interceptions but it was what he did on the ground, 10 rushes for 42 yards and two touchdowns, as well as Carlos Hyde, who had 26 rushes for 116 yards and a touchdown. 
really allowed the the Texans to control the clock 40 minutes to 20 and keep that Chiefs offense uh, off the field. The divisional round was a chance for revenge. The Texans this time are the team to burst out the blocks, racing to a 24 to nothing lead, including a blocked punt return for a touchdown. An arrowhead was reeling, but the Chiefs, of course, rallied, scoring 28 points. Sorry to bring this up, David. Um, 28 points in a span of 10 minutes at the end of the first half, including three consecutive touchdown link-ups between Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, going on to outscore the Houston Texans 23-7 to in the second half. The Chiefs running out 51 uh, to 31 winners in the end. But 2020 could predict could bring a different story. Obviously, the Chiefs went on to uh, win a number of comeback games, including the Super Bowl, to claim the Lombardi Trophy. But 2020, the table is reset. Here's some talking points I just wanted to start us off with. Kansas City Chiefs are without Damian Williams, who I think was a massive part of the Super Bowl win. He was certainly a massive part of that comeback against the Texans. He scored three total touchdowns, I believe, on the day, two on the ground and one through the air. They don't lose a lot apart from Damian Williams. They add Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Is this a Chiefs team that can really think about just going back-to-back, running it back? Uh, What do you think about the Chiefs, first and foremost, going into this season? You go, David. I feel like the Chiefs are a legitimate threat to go back and win the Super Bowl. Uh, They're my early season prediction to win the whole thing. Now, with the absence of a preseason, there's probably going to be just a touch of, you know, rust combined with hangover, uh, which bodes well for my Texans. But just if we're talking, you know, the grand scheme of things, I feel like Kansas City is the best team in the league and that they're a couple steps ahead of anybody else. Um, I feel like they are stronger in the running game this year than they were last year. Uh, I don't, I still don't know that I'm sold on their defense. And we saw that even in the Super Bowl and even in the game against Houston. I mean, they gave up 24 points in the first quarter against a Houston team that was not known for being explosive and they didn't really improve defensively. So I, if the sooner that they can get that defense squared away and you and I talked about this, well, I think we talked about it when we did our, our uh, NFL to AFL picks. Uh, We talked about this, you know, even an average defense with that offense is going to be good. No, we talked about – no, it was in the podcast where we talked about the, the contracts. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. You know, so if the Chiefs have – if the Chiefs have an even okay defense, they're going to put points on the board and they're going to win a lot of games. And I don't see that necessarily being an issue to start the year especially. It's interesting. While I think that this Sorry, is going to be yeah. a – while I think this is going to be a really, really good game to, to open the season with, I – yeah, I just – I can't see Kansas City dropping the ball here, even with no preseason games, even coming off that, you know, amazing Super Bowl win and having that possible hangover. I I think, yes, their defense isn't elite, but you're exactly right. It doesn't have to be elite. That's not what their team rests on. 
It's on quick, explosive scoring. Um, so I, I really think that Kansas City is going to come away with the win here pretty easily. I think it's going to be a good game, but I don't think Houston's going to be on the same level. That being said, I think that if JJ Watt has a great game, Houston has a good chance of winning. I think he hasn't played his best football against the Chiefs the last two games. If he can really come out of the gate explosive and really terrorizing Mahomes, that's going to force him to play better, but also riskier. And I think that Houston really will need to take advantage of that. So I think that there's a lot of keys to the game, but I think JJ Watt's a big one. If he can play a really good game, then the Chiefs are going to be real worried. And I think with the with the Chiefs too, like I, talking about what, those, those def- def- defenses, JJ Watt was statistically quiet in both games against the Chiefs. Now, obviously, you've got to watch the game and say they might have been double teaming, teaming him, which should open up opportunities for other people. I haven't gone back and re-watched those games. So to say that he was statistically quiet, doesn't nece- it's not necessarily damning mm. on him. He's a good player, so he, he often cops double teams, etc. But one thing I would say, there's a, there's a massive note here to be made about Frank Clark and the Chiefs' defense when it came to that divisional round. So Frank Clark had three sacks and four tackles in that game. Daniel Sorensen, who uh, laid eight tackles and made one as the Chiefs combined in that game for five sacks and eight quarterback hits. Again, I think the key with the Chiefs is not necessarily stopping the scoring of the opposition all the time. I don't think they need to become a Steelers miserly defense. What you need from the Chiefs defense is to occasionally win Patrick Mahomes and the offense an extra possession or two in a game to be able to break break the flow of the other team and give Patty Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all those weapons, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the ball back. So I think if I was the Chiefs, I'd be looking at that. Can we create a, a chaos factor in our defense? Can we heat up the opposition quarterback and increase the amount of times we're going to get the ball? I, I, that's one sort of thing that I would look at. Another thing... Uh, unless you've got something to add there, David, in regards to the defense. Uh, no, I, I was just I, – I just had kind of some, some general game notes, some things. Houston is not a mentally tough team. They never have been. And you saw that this last year. They were in absolute control of the game. They missed on one decision, and it cost them the entire game with a four-score lead. Uh and they were well on their way to the Super Bowl. And they're not a mentally tough team. Uh, so th- at the first sign of trouble, how they respond is going to be tough. The other thing, though, that depending on just how fired up and in tune they are, they're going to get to watch the Kansas City Chiefs get their rings and raise that banner that they feel like they should have gotten. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot to that. And that's a motivation that the Chiefs not only aren't going to have, they can't have. Well, it's becoming so your. They, they don't have the. You become the hunter. They don't have the unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. They don't have the unfinished business side of things. 
For sure. And that's something we talk about all the time in the AFL. And I'm sure that the NFL has this as well. It's different. It's like the Bills over in the AFC East. It's a lot different to be the team that everyone is looking to as the favorite. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think the Chiefs in some way, I think because they were so close the previous season anyway, in 2018, I don't think they were, they ever felt like the underdogs going into 2019, but I think for the Texans, and and I mean, they went into Arrowhead last season and that was when Arrowhead was full and they beat the Chiefs on their home turf. I think uh, there's a Deshaun Watson factor to everything the Texans do that can transcend uh, some of the time management, some of the situational management issues that the Texans sometimes have uh, from the sidelines. I, I really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Deshaun Watson believer. I, I put in the show notes. Can, uh, will Deshaun Watson be the, the John Elway of this next decade? Will he be a guy? And it's sort of like Russell Wilson at times is up in Seattle. Just that, supreme talent who is going to find ways to drag his team to the playoffs even when I look at the Texans and think there's a lot of talent across that first level I don't know that they have the depth that other teams have but I think that Deshaun is the the kind of guy who does have the talent to drag a potentially shallow team a shallow roster to repeated playoff uh appearances and also he has that that competitor competitor's edge that will to win against guys like Patrick Mahomes I think he gets extra fired up to try and go in and duel it out with Patrick Mahomes and prove that he is a top four or five quarterback in the league what do you guys think about the Deshaun Watson factor in this game I feel like Deshaun Watson is always, like you said, going to keep them in a game. But he can't do it by himself. And I don't think that you can talk about the Deshaun Watson factor without taking into account what happens if he gets injured. Because he is, you know, mobile quarterbacks get hit more and harder. And we've seen it before. If he gets injured, A.J. McCarron is the backup. Well, he's not exactly bad but his NFL experience is limited. And so, you know, in the event that he gets hit hard, you know, do the Texans have enough confidence in AJ McCarron to do anything other than just hand the ball off? I don't know. And we saw um, that with this Texas team in 2017 when Deshaun Watson went down injured, you know, they start, he started the season like a house on fire was absolutely amazing. Um, but was that the year that they went, did they go into New England and beat the Patriots or get close or something? Yes. And then, it, then not that long after he got injured and obviously the, the season spiraled away. You talk about the help around him. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. As a Texans fan, where are you at with a guy like Will Fuller? I'm in the minority, I think, of Texans fans. I think that Will Fuller is perfectly capable of matching what DeAndre Hopkins provided. Uh, He's faster than Hopkins and his hands, I feel like are just as secure, but he doesn't have as the height. Uh, And so uh, Watson's going to have to be more accurate with his passes because Fuller can't just go up and get those 50, 50 balls like Hopkins could. 
Uh, he's also not as big, so he's not going to be able to fight as hard. So what you're going to see is less of a downfield passing attack and more of a shorter passing attack. But I think that'll be okay because that'll then play to fuller strength, which is that breakaway speed. You know, hit him 15 yards down the field, make a guy miss, he's gone. Mm -hmm. And in that aspect, I feel like he's much like Tyreek Hill. You know, Hill doesn't go up and get those 50-50 balls because he doesn't have to. Um, well, that and he can't. Uh, I, I feel like Will Fuller is kind of in that vein. You know, I, I feel like he's ready and prepared to take over that number one receiver slot. And he's fast enough to avoid getting roughed up too bad. And so I'm not worried about Will Fuller taking the lead in that receiver core. So, Jacko, I want to pivot to you. And I think you watched a little bit of LSU with me last season on and off. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire enters the, the fray for the Chiefs. Obviously, Damian Williams, their running back, gone. What do you think about what Clyde Edwards-Alaire can offer coming out of LSU to this Chiefs team? I can't believe he dropped to them in the first place. Mm. I think it's going to be really interesting. I haven't watched a whole lot of film from him. So I can't really speak a whole lot to how good of a player he is, but obviously he's quite a talent. And I think more than anything, it's just going to really help Mahomes have options. And yes, of course, losing Williams is not a good thing, right? You don't look at that and go, that improves the Chiefs offense. Um, but I think it's just going to give him more options of who he can throw to. And I think Mahomes is never going to be uh, Lamar Jackson where he's, running around and picking up touch rushing touchdowns and getting hundreds of yards and all that stuff. But I think that the fact that Mahomes just has that in his back pocket is really, really dangerous. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of that this year um, as they, as teams really focus on his passing ability this year, they go, okay, let's attack that as a defense. He's going to go, okay, then I'll run for it. I'll pick up a few yards. I'll pick up first down. And I think having also more players to throw to, that's going to help as well with that. That it's going to make his passing offense stronger, which then also makes his rushing offense stronger. Well, I think too, that's a great point about um, Mahomes. Uh, from where I sit, Mahomes' ability to rush the ball across the playoff uh, run was one of, one of, if not the biggest deciding factors in a lot of those Kansas City games. I mean, he picked up a lot of yardage with his legs across the postseason. And to me, that showed the value that you get when you have a guy. He's not a legitimate dual threat quarterback, like you say, like a Lamar Jackson, even like a, a Kyler Murray. You're not going to be putting in a lot of designed runs for Patrick Mahomes. Mm. But what you do have is a guy who can either extend the opportunity to use his arm, which he can make any throw anywhere on the field. Yeah. But you also have a guy who can get himself going with his running game. And I thought that's what happened in the Super Bowl. He was having probably his worst throwing game of the season uh, on the biggest stage of all. But he actually got involved in the game running and rushing to pick up a few first downs. And I sort of felt like he built himself back into that game using that. I think that's the mark of a really great player is they find different ways to get themselves going. Clyde Edwards-Alaire too, yeah. you, say, you know, another option in the passing game. I think that's 
I think if you said design a running back to fit in this Kansas City Chiefs offense, if you put that through a computer simulator and it built you the perfect running back for the Kansas City Chiefs offense, I think it would build Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I really looked yeah. at him when he played at LSU, his ability to get involved in the passing game. The ability that Joe Burrow had, go back and watch LSU-Alabama. I think it's in the third quarter. They're in a, a third down and 12 situation or something like that. Burrow gets rushed. He gets a pretty bad throw off. Look, it gets to Edwards around his laces, around his bootstraps. He reaches down, gets it, gets up. Not only does he just pick up a few yards to make it, say, a, a short fourth down scenario, he, from memory, twists around someone, you know, uh, bull rushes somebody and gets, you know, picks up 15 yards. There's another touchdown run he had later in that game. If you want to see what Clyde Edwards-Alaire brings to this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Go back and watch that performance against Alabama from 2019. He was absolutely on fire. And he's a smaller dude. And I think he has, you know, we speak about a lot of guys having a chip on their shoulder. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire has the chip on his shoulder. The chip that we all talk about. He is the chip. Edwards-Alaire has the chip. And I, I can't think of a better plug-and-play piece for Andy Reid to play with than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, personally. Mm. I feel like the big issue for him is the speed of the NFL as far as the defensive line is so much different. Mm. I'm not saying that he's going to stink, but I think that he has no idea. And I feel like I could see – and in this game, I could see him rushing for probably 65 yards, 70 yards. I don't see him having a massive game. Uh, but I could see him going for probably 65 or 70 yards, but I think it's going to be three and four yards at a time. And that's not something that he's used to. How, you know, how does he operate taking that many hits over and over and over as hard as they're going to hit – Get up, keep on going. Get up, keep on going. And with the loss of Williams, how deep are they running back? You know, one of their strengths last year. I, I, and, and I agree with you that Edwards Tiller fits their system perfectly in two years. Yeah. I don't know that immediately he's that fit that Andy Reid's going to need. Yeah, yeah. Look, the depth is a thing. I, I think I would feel... I thought that when they had Williams, that was the ideal scenario. You've got a guy who's been there, done that, and then you get to sprinkle in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think, too, that the value really in him comes in that dual role. I think you, you're going to use him, uh, and I think he can be effective. As you said, he's not, as I said, he's not the biggest guy, and as you said, the, the speed of the line is a lot quicker. I think you want to get him out in those short yardage situations in, into the flat and picking up that pass when you've got a because I think he can make a guy miss, and I think he's elusive enough that he can pick up those extra yards in the passing game in short yardage situations. Not necessarily the guy that I'm going to say, "Hey, it's third and you know two. We want you to just go straight up the gut and pick up those yards. I don't think I don't necessarily think year one that's what you're going to rely on him to do. So yeah, maybe they're a running back short in in Kansas City because it would be nice to have a guy that you could have 
maybe a little bit more faith in who's a bit, a little bit more battle worn uh, to take those runs straight down the middle. But I'm excited to watch him play. That's all I can say. I wonder if the Chiefs will take a chance on Adrian Peterson. It wouldn't surprise me. I thought they would take. I liked the. I thought they might have taken a swing at Leonard Fournette. And I thought that would have worked really well for Fournette as well in terms of being able to play there on a one-year deal of some sort and, you know, make a deep playoff run and hopefully boost his free agency value uh, ahead of the 2021 season. But I guess he fits quite well then. It's sort of the same sort of scenario he probably envisioned in Tampa Bay and he gets to stay in Florida as well. So uh, it's going to be fascinating do you guys have any extra thoughts before we get to picking this game? I think I'm good. I think I'm just excited. It's going to be, it's going to be I have a, I have a feeling that this game is actually going to come down to something we haven't even thought about yet. Special teams. Yep. Mm. I, I, and this is a, a, a massive thing that the game came down in some ways to special teams last time that divisional round, uh, uh, both good and bad for the Texans. They had the punt blocked that they took back for the touchdown in that opening burst. And then uh, was it a fake punt play that they ran on the fourth down? Didn't make it. And from there, the Chiefs got back in the game. Do you have a prediction as to how this plays out? Do you have, a, do you have one of those sort of sixth sense ideas about something that might happen on the weekend, David, on Thursday night? Uh, I do. Are, are we at the official prediction point yet or not yet? No, let's do it. Take it away. Let's get to the no. first picks face-off. And, David, you can, you can get us underway. All right. Um, so, after sitting and weighing the options and, and, like, weighing, putting everything in, looking at what Kansas City brings to the table offensively, what Houston brings offensively, what both teams bring defensively, I feel like the Texans' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. I feel like the Chiefs' offense is better than the Texans' offense. I feel like the I feel like Harrison Butker is better than Kaimi Fairbairn, but I think the Texans' punting game is better. I feel like of all the points, Houston will have put the most time into special teams. And I feel like they're going to come into this game prepared. And so I'm going to predict Houston 37, Kansas City 31. Mm, I like I it. I like it. That'll like be a it. fun game to watch. What have you got, Jack? I, I, I looked into it and I've been evaluating both teams, but I, I, I just can't. I can't ignore the fact that we're looking at the reigning champions here. Like they won the Super Bowl and not because they played a bad team either. Like they didn't just right, walk no. in there and take it. Like they really deserve that Super Bowl win. And I think that they're coming in and, you know, Houston isn't just going to roll over and take it either. But I think Kansas City is going to win this game. I think it's going to be high scoring, going to be something like 45-35. Kansas City wins it. I think it's going to, yeah. I think Kansas City just just has enough for me to pick them. 
but uh, I, it's it's not a slam dunk, that's for sure. Excellent. I'm gonna go and say this is a little a little uh, not low scoring, but lower scoring than than perhaps we might think. All right, so I, I'm gonna say that. Like Jack, I can't get past what I saw in the playoffs by the Chiefs. I also, my concern over the Chiefs is is the depth at running back. I, I am really, you know, deep in on the Clyde Edwards-Alaire experience, but David brings up a great point about the depth at the position. You know, you are talking, you are asking a rookie to go in and do it. And, and we've seen it with rookies in the past, but, you know, Edward Zellier doesn't have the speed of a Saquon Barkley as a, for instance. So that's one, one. And that was a really crucial factor in both games uh, last season. The Chiefs ran the ball a lot more than they did in the first game uh, when it came to the divisional round, but the Texans bossed the match on the ground uh, when they beat the Chiefs in week six. As I said, they dominated the clock 40 minutes to 20 and had all sorts of rushing yards from Deshaun Watson and, and Carlos Hyde. I think David Johnson, um, I think that the Texans have that edge in the running game in terms of the depth that they have. But I actually think this, te- this Chiefs defense is going to come out and make a sneaky statement that, hey, we've spent all this COVID lockdown time getting better. And Steve Spagnolo has made us better. And I think Frank Clark and Tyron, it's Tyron Matthew playing. I think he's playing. He hasn't opted out, has he? He hasn't opted out on me. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's hard to keep track of. Uh, I think yeah. this Chiefs defense actually comes out and, and lays down a marker for what they're going to do for the rest of the season. I'm not talking about a shutout win or anything by that matter, but I'm going to say that the Chiefs win this one 28 to 24, and we're going to have a bit of a slow start. I think there's been no preseason games. We've had no preseason. This is the first time they're mm. taking the field against another team. They've got rookies on both sides trying to run some different stuff. I think that we see a bit of a clunky first half with things sort of easing into a, a pattern in the second. And the Chiefs winning it by less than a touchdown, 28 to 24. Um, that's my prediction. In, in what should be an absolute cracker of a game yeah. to kick the season off. Three very different predictions, which is a good sign that it's probably going to be a good game. Not everyone's on the same page. Even, even though you and I both think Kansas City is going to win mm. in very different right. ways, though. So that, that's sort of proof it's going to be a good competition. Yeah, we're all expecting 10 points or less. But there is one secret weapon that Houston has. <laughs> it's true. For the listener at home, David's just pulled up his lucky broom. And this is, this, this is a tradition that started recently. That uh, yes. Let's actually... No, I'm not going to reveal it. All we're going to say is that David has a lucky broom. We don't want to give the magic away. All right. Yeah. So the lucky broom came out. It, but yes, it's the lucky broom. Maybe this is an ongoing thing across the season. David once a week will give one one team the br- the blessing of the, the broom. broom. The blessing of the yes. broom. So <laughs> that's all we'll say. The blessing of the broom is on the Houston Texans this week against the Chiefs. All right, guys. Well, 
I hope you've enjoyed this preview of the, the Texans and the Chiefs. I can't wait to watch it and can't wait to get stuck into the picks show for all the other games that are coming mm. up on Sunday and then Monday night football. So look for that in your uh, preferred podcast app in the next day or two. But until then, you guys have been great. We've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening. joining us on the Jake Botel Football Experience. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Jake Botel Football Experience and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, we invite you to support the JBFE on Patreon and you'll receive additional exclusive bonus content. Thank you again for joining us at the JBFE.